Welcome to Chinuch 2.0, a show about the massive changes happening to how we do Chinuch, some of which may never be the same again. the New York State Department of Education decided to enforce guidelines that have been on the books for over 100 years regarding private schools, which, at, which was referred to as the substantial equivalency requirement, that the education provided by private schools has to be equivalent to the education offered by public schools. And at the time, it led to a big outcry, certain educational standards on yeshivas, which would make it almost impossible for yeshivas to function in the current capacity. And there was a, there was a large grassroots effort led by many of our institutions, our communal institutions such as Agudah Tara Pearls, and the OU, and other, and other organizations got together to lead this massive campaign. And together, they were able to get 140,000 signatures to petition against these proposed changes. And because of the tremendous outpouring of the public opposition to these regulations, they decided to put the matter temporarily at rest and to reissue new revised guidelines. And that was three years ago. So recently, they reissued the new guidelines, and although they are somewhat improved, but there's still a lot of danger in them. And we decided to speak with Rabbi Yeshua Pincus, who is the National Director of Yeshiva Services for Agudah, to talk to him about what those proposed changes are, what they mean for yeshivas in New York State and for all the states in the country, which will probably follow suit, and how very important it is for us to not stay on the sidelines, but to rise up again and take the time to sign the petition against these regulations. And we had a very long discussion talking about what these changes mean what changes would we like to see that would be welcomed by the yeshivas, and what the, the hidden dangers that are lurking in these regulations that on the surface they may seem to be innocent, but there are some very hidden dangers that are involved. It, the one that stands out the most is that nobody, absolutely no one, wants to have the government involved in running yeshivas. Because once the government gets involved, it becomes impossible just the regulations that the yeshivas have to follow will, will just drown the administration in, in, in paperwork and filings and procedures that will just take a, a tremendous amount of time and effort and money. And dealing with bureaucracy is never fun, and, but we're going to hear that there's a lot more dangers involved and why we need to oppose these changes. And it's very, very easy to oppose them. All you need to do is take a minute of time to go on the website voice.agoda.org and register your opposition. You could do it for yourself, you could do it for your wife, you could do it for any member of your family, and you don't have to be in New York State to register your opposition to these, these proposed changes. The state has to read every single letter that's written. So the more letters we give them, the more they're going to have to read, and the more they're going to have to go through. It's very important that we don't stay on the sidelines. It's important that we don't remain apathetic or ignore these things and say, oh, we did this before, 
don't worry, it's all going to work out at the end. Yeah, it's all going to work out at the end if we take the time and effort to show that we care and to show that we're against what the state is trying to do. Right now, take out your phone, go to your computer, voice.agoda.org, and fill out the letter if you haven't done so yet. Let's go to our conversation with Rabbi Yeshua Pincus, who's the National Director for Yeshiva Services for Agoda. So we're speaking with Rabbi Yeshua Pincus. He's the Director of Yeshiva Services for Agoda Sisral. Thank you, Rabbi Pincus, for coming on the program. Thank you for having me. It's really a pleasure. So uh, New York State is at it again. Uh, it looks like they have proposed regulations uh, to, to regulate the way we educate our kids in yeshiva. Um, obviously, this is a very big threat for all of us who send our kids to yeshiva. So talk to, tell, us, tell our listeners what's going on. What's, what, 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 what's the new threat that's facing us? Okay, so as many people are, are aware, after a series of uh, lawsuits and, and uh, different initiatives, Ultimately, in 2019, the New York State Education Department issued new regulations for substantial equivalency. That is, there's there's a law in the books. It's been there for about 120 years that says that non-public schools have to be substantially equivalent to public schools. Nobody's bothered to define what that means or try to regulate it for pretty much 120 years. Um, but now that they're now they're starting, so they have this law to rely on. Um, so in 2019, they issued these regulations which would have been very harmful for yeshivas, uh, many, many hours of uh, secular studies and, and topics and subjects which are not necessarily relevant for our yeshivas. And in response to that, there's, a, uh, there's an official, whenever we put on new regulations, there's an official 60-day common period. It's a, it's a statutory requirement, and they have to review all of the comments uh, and, and summarize them. So there were 140,000 comments of, from all sectors of Israel in New York State uh, and beyond. They realized that this is a threat to all yeshivas, no matter what type of gehila the yeshivas associated with it, with what their educational philosophy is. Now, because of that, they went back to, to the drawing board, and they did engage with us in a, in a series of, of meetings, of public town hall meetings, of private meetings, and, and other initiatives. And then in March, they issued the new revised regulations. Um, many people look at these regulations and say, these are big improvements. Um, they are correct. It's a big improvement. Many people look at regulations and say, well, it's not that big a deal. Why, why are they going to say that? They're going to say that because what the, what the regulations do, they define multiple pathways for a school to be certified as substantially equivalent. And um, so uh, two of them are irrelevant. It's for like children, diplomats, or military personnel. The ones that are relevant is the high school registration. That means in New York State, in order to issue a high school regents diploma, you have to be registered with the state. There's a there's a process of, of registration and inspections. And then once you have that, you then can administer the regents every year and give your students regents diplomas. So if you are a school that that, that is registered and gives the regents then you're okay, maybe. And as well as a elementary school, which is connected to a high school, Regents is for high school, is also okay. Um, and independent elementary school is not. That's one pathway. Another pathway is accreditation. There are a number of educational accrediting agencies uh, out there. Not too many issues are accredited, but some are, or some are pursuing it. 
and that's another pathway. A third pathway is providing assessments that if you administer standardized tests every year and you demonstrate that there's improvement, then that qualifies. And the, and the fourth one is to be investigated by the local school board. So that's what the regulations say. So you're gonna, many parents will scratch their eyes and say, okay, what's the big deal? I send my kids to elementary school, they take the Iowa test, so they're good. Or I send my kids to high school and they take regents and they pass, so they're also good. There's, but there's several problems with, the, with these regulations that are very serious and everybody should be concerned about. No, oh, it just, uh, just could just explain. Uh, so at any of these pathways would have been a way to, to meet the substantial equivalency, uh, uh, the requirement of the law? Correct, correct. If you're a school and, you know, you got a questionnaire from the local school district saying, are you substantially equivalent to check off option A, B, C, D, or F? Do you check off whatever option you do? And they, they may ask for some sort of proof of verification. I mean, if the school's registered, then, you know, that's, that's public record. Mm-hmm. And and then you theoretically would be okay. At least that's what some people, many people think. Right. Um, however, uh, there are there 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 are several substantive issues with uh, different pathways, and as well as an overall some overall issues. Um, overall issues are first of all is that these options, these multiple pathways to be considered substantial equivalent, only work as long as nobody files a complaint. They've expanded the definition of who is eligible to file an appeal of a substantial determination to anybody who perceives themselves as aggrieved, right? So if I live down the street from a yeshiva and I'm annoyed that the kids are playing outside late at night and I consider myself aggrieved and then I go file a complaint, that's not substantial equivalent, even though they administer the regents or assessments. And what happens? The local school board comes knocking on the door. And now we want to investigate everything and see what you're teaching and how you're teaching it. That's that's one issue. Um, another another issue is um, another issue is that the that the topics uh, do, uh, are not only math, science, English, and social studies. They also cover uh, some other topics, which some of them are innocuous and are not uh, very time consuming. But there are others that are not as innocuous. But more importantly that is something which is regulations it's not legislation so anybody who feels like if the board of regents and the commissioner of the state education department wants to promulgate new regulations that require in addition to teach a course in in various topics which are anathema to our kahila um, they have they have that power because now you're saying they can tell you which topics you have to choose and they can just change that at, at will um so those are those are two of the big problems there are other issues as well um, the accreditation pathway uh currently the accreditation agency which is uh, preferred by the shiva community is not approved that may change um, the assessment pathway is also something which is extremely ambiguous and very much open to interpretation and there's a, a real concern that a school could in good faith administer these assessments and then the state could turn, could turn around and say, well, you didn't get you know, this percentage of this or, or this much improvement. Um, now, there are a number of schools that do not fit in these categories. There are some kihilas, or some kihilas where the amount of in high school is much less. Um, there are many schools which are just elementary school. There have been very fine, upstanding, well-known schools 
that are just elementary school and not a high school, and which means they will not be able to use uh, the regions pathway. Right. And there may be some people that say, well, you know, I think that everybody should learn math, science, and, and English, and so therefore, what's wrong with this? You know, we have to respect the, the different hanhagas of different kehilas, you know, based on, on their abundance and, and, and their manhigim. In the same way, I'm not going to walk to a community and tell them, you know, it's not okay to only use this shkita. I want you to use my shkita also. I, I understand and I respect that they have a different hanhag and they have their abundance, right? And we have to respect it. And most importantly is maintain our autonomy. We cannot be subject to the state, the state's rules and whims that could change at any moment. The yeshivas have to be independent. The only ones that should make decisions for the yeshivas are the Rashi Yeshiva, the Rabbanim. Okay. Yeah. So, so um, th- th- this, could, this is a real threat. Any yeshiva that's not currently teaching secular studies, either in high school or a limited program in elementary school, is really a, 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 is, is in a lot of danger now from these new regulations. Potentially. Okay. So, so let's just reiterate, people may, may not remember from last time, what exactly is the danger? What would happen uh, if these regulations do go into effect? What's going to happen to a school that doesn't meet these, these requirements? What, 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 what's, what, what does the law say? And also, what is likely to happen? Because not always does, does the, the outcome match what is, what's exactly in, on the law. Right. So the, the, um, the law provides that a, a, there's a process. I think the, the schools are supposed to be accredited by the end of the 23-24 school year, which is not a lot of time. Substantial equivalent, and um, if they are investigated in terms of not substantially equivalent, then they have you know 60 days to come up with a plan to fix it. And otherwise, the school is considered not substantially equivalent. The school can be the government funding can be withheld from the school, and the parents have to be notified that their children must be switched to a substantially equivalent school. And otherwise, then the children and the parents could be considered to be truant. Um, there are penalties in the law for being truant. I, I'm not aware if they've ever been enforced, but they, they are there. Okay. Um, what about funding for the yeshivas? Is that, is that in danger? Yeah, so that, that, that is definitely an issue. The, you know, New York State, you know, thankfully, is the most generous funder of yeshivas of any state in the country. Um, now, keep in mind that the vast majority of those funds are for services that the state mandates and requires. So we may not, if I was just running my yeshiva by myself, I may not bother with that, but the state requires it, then the state pays for it. And a, a yeshiva that's not substantially equivalent will immediately lose that funding. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's a very big threat. Um, the, the, the threat of, of parents going to jail, it, it's... It's not likely to happen. I'm sure there's many other parents who don't send their kids to school, not just from the yeshiva community. And uh, it, it, it's not something that the state's likely going to do, especially if there's going to be a political circus as a result. But funding is a real threat. Yeah, yeah. It's the, I mean, yes, it, the jail time is in the law. Uh, but as you're saying, I don't, don't think it's ever been enforced. Right, okay. Okay. Um, you, you mentioned that someone, uh, just uh, any, any aggrieved party could just file a complaint and say that the school is not substantially equivalent. How does that work? What, what's that process exactly? Even if a school, it does have a pathway for recognition through the test, through the standardized testing of the regions? So I, I don't believe, believe the process is clearly defined in regulations um, as to you know, how and, and who do you submit the complaint or the appeal to. Um, but it's very, regulations are very clear 
then it's open to anybody who considers themselves aggrieved. Okay. Okay. Um, so who's who's behind this effort? I know Agud is making a very big effort to collect uh, comment, uh, public signatures against this, these regulations, and we're also getting from uh, Torah Masora, We're getting from uh, we're getting from uh, pearls and all, the the um, is uh, the OU has. Like, is there some sort of united effort over here to try to stop this? So there is a tremendous amount of access among Klystrol and understanding the threat of these regulations and um, advocating against them. Um, as, as you mentioned, so the, we are working hand in hand with uh, Torum Sora, as well as with with Pearls. Um, so that represents the the vast majority of the New York State Yeshiva community. What, what's and Pearls? Pearls is, is Pearls is um, it, Pearls is an organization which was founded in response to this threat, which which works mostly with the Hasidic schools. Okay. So and uh, and, and so there have been uh, you know major campaigns. Uh, advertising, other other media to galvanize, mobilize the uh, our chain of Israel in New York and really beyond. Um, the OU wrote, uh, submitted a beautiful article to the First Things Online Journal uh, by Robert Hauer and uh, Michael Gelfand, and it was just an excellent article pointing out the problems with this law and advocating for uh, for the regulations to not be adopted. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, is this something that is coming from, like, you know, it's, it's an election year, people are very concerned, people are, are paying attention to the to who's who's running for office. Is this something that's coming from the legislature or maybe from the governor? Is this something that they're influencing behind the scenes or this is strictly from the education department, totally separated from, from any political campaigns that are going on? Right. So New York is a very interesting structure. Um, in most uh, most states, you have the you know the executive branch and legislative branch and the and the judicial branch, and all the agencies are under the executive branch and report to the governor. In New York, that is true for all agencies except one, and that's New York State Education Department. Uh, they don't report to the governor. The governor has no direct influence over them, other than other than um, their, their budget allocations. You know, negotiating their budgets. Um, the Board of Regents is appointed directly by the legislator, and led, and those Board of Regents they are the Board of Directors for New York State Education Department. Okay, and they appoint the commissioner. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Okay, and that's it. It's is is it so? It's a political appointment from the New York State Legislature. The Board of Regents is yes. Okay. Yeah. Board of Regents, and currently the Board of Regents, uh, to our best of our knowledge, not one of them. Head of private head of not public school education. They're all coming mm-hmm. from the public school world. Sure. Okay. Or, or worked in that type of education. Right. Okay. I, I um, it's it's our understanding that the Jewish community and the yeshiva community specifically has a very large voting block in New York State. Um, there are efforts being made behind the scenes, besides the signatures, to influence the legislatures that are responsible for the, the New York State Department of Education to try to uh, have these regulations changed for, for the better. Yeah, so what the legislature can do is change the law. The language of the law is substantial equivalency, and they can change the law, they can define it better. <clears throat> there was one attempt several years ago, known as the Felder Amendment. Um, there have been other attempts over the, over, the, over the years. There was one we were working on uh, this year and that uh, did not go through. And so it's definitely something that we are exploring 
and constantly advocating for. Mm-hmm. So the signatures is one effort, but there's effort, there are efforts being made, political channels and all of that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, last time in, two, in 2019, when this uh, when this when this was first proposed, the Catholic schools were also against this. Uh, these proposed like, proposed regulations, they were against that they fought it with their their uh, very large block of voters, uh, of parents. What's what's happening this time around? So the Catholics are also opposed for many of the same reasons uh, that we are. Uh, the complaint issue, the curriculum issue, the issue of parental and school autonomy, and uh, as well as the accrediting agency that they prefer, the same one many yeshivas prefer, which is currently not approved, though, as I said before, that might change. Um, so the Catholics are opposed to it, and they are submitting their own uh, comments directly to the Board of Regents, as well as they have uh, mobilized their schools to have the administration staff of the school submit comments as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we, we should expect that we are seeing opposition from their side as well. So it's not just directed against the yeshiva, the yeshiva yes. and, and okay, that's good. Um, yeah, so the, the, the question is like this, it's just it's explained to parents very clearly, like you, you spoke about it a little earlier, but I can imagine there's a minority of parents out there who aren't really satisfied with the education, at least the secular education that they're getting in yeshivas, in some yeshivas. There definitely is always room for improvement. And some of the parents feel that maybe this is an opportunity to uh, to get a little bit better education for our children. Explain to them why they're listening to this program, if, they, if they're listening, why they should be against it and why this is not the way to try to improve their child's education. The number one reason to be against it is you're giving the government control over the educational program of yeshivas. And nobody wants that. You you may be okay. And we all know how government works. They start off with this regulation and they end up, you know, I, I ran a school in the Midwest for nine years. And we estimated that the regulatory burden of the papers we had to file and the things we had to comply with, like tripled or quadrupled in nine years, because they just keep adding on, like, oh, let's do this. Oh, let's do that. Oh, this is a great idea. And before you know it, a three-question a three question, you know, form turns into a 12-page questionnaire. Um, and so, and, and that's the, you know, what's known as a slippery slope argument. You give government the ability to control, you know, the government wants to come in there and, and, and make sure that you're doing your fire drills and that your boiler's up to, up to you know, power and that your sprinklers work and, and you, know, you know, make sure that the children are safe. That's where, that, that's where government belongs. Government does not belong um, in the classroom telling teachers, telling administration what to do. I will also say that for any parent that is disappointed with the education, you know, we vote with our feet. Every single one of us, besides for paying enormous property taxes on the East Coast, every single one of us is paying huge percentages of our income in yeshiva tuition, happily. We're very pleased to do that, right? And if we're unhappy, we can vote with our feet. You know, this is New York. This is not a small town where there's only one or two schools. There are more schools in every block in New York City or Muncie than there are in most entire communities in the you know in the rest of the country so if you don't like the school and we all know people who were not happy with their school for whatever reason you make a choice you vote you vote with your feet you vote with your dollars so if you're not happy with your school call a vote a parent's responsibility is to choose the best education for their children there are options there are there are many options and you know you can get involved in in the school to influence the school as well Right, but not through the government. <laughs> Don't use government as you to force the issue. 
know, it's, it's very, very dangerous. Okay. Um, people are going to wonder why now? I mean, I know this started in 2019, but is there some behind the scenes lobbying against the yeshivas? Is there, are they under some, some sort of pressure that's, uh, that's causing them to wake up and, and, and re, uh, you know, to rest, re, to, to reinstate this hundred year rule that was there right. from. So, so this all started from uh, one person in a group of his, um, uh, colleagues who were products of the Hasidic Yeshiva system and, and chose a different path of life, which you're certainly entitled to do. It's a free country. Um, however, they were you know, very angry at the lack of education uh, they received and felt that it hampered or delayed their opportunities when they chose a different lifestyle. And, um, and, and they feel that they want to make sure that no other children are deprived of this, of the education that they were deprived of. And so there have been a series of complaints, of, of lawsuits, of advocacy, of lobbying. There is a parallel comment campaign going on as well with, uh, you know, with, with letters. And, and um, you know, I was actually looking at this this morning. One of the letters says, you know, it's not good enough to declare parents truant. We need to penalize the heads of schools. If a school, a school is not substantially equivalent, that's what we should be penalizing them, finding them, putting them in jail, whatever it is. Wow. Um, that's something that they're writing in their comments to the Board of Regents. So unfortunately, yes, there is a, a group of people. It's, it's a very small minority, but extremely vocal and very sophisticated from a PR standpoint. Mm-hmm. And they've been pushing this for, uh, I think, around eight or nine years. Okay. So it's important for us to know, like, Who's fighting against it? So that we should, we know that we have to, uh, we have to stand up to them. Okay. Um, what? Just be the, what, one last question before I close off. What? What does the yeshiva community propose? Like, obviously, there's going to there's going to be this a common period, and we're we're, we're saying that these the, the, these regulations, these proposed changes to the regulations that were first proposed, are still not good. Like we have to give something that the state will be satisfied with, and what we what basically what we're saying is that hands off, we, we don't want your involvement at all. You know, we, we have to counter with with our best offer. What is the the offer that that, that the Shiva community will propose as satisfactory over here? Right. So the goal for now is that the same way the hundred forty thousand comments um, motivated them to go back to the drawing board and engage with the community, that the same thing will happen um, again. Um, in terms of, you know, I can't speak for any particular yeshivas. There are some yeshivas that will say, you know, we're okay with the region's pathway, just take away the complaint issue, right, for, for example. Um, but uh, ultimately, the real answer is don't tamper with success. Yes, is there a small percentage of students who are disaffected and, and denied an education that hampers their opportunities? Yes, there is a very small percentage uh, compared to other school systems It's minuscule. Um, go walk down Lee Avenue, 13th Avenue, Borough Park, you know, or Main Street in Muncie and tell me that our community is not economically successful, is not civically engaged, is not contributing to the community. And when you're finished with that, you should go from Hatzola to Tonke Shabbos to their full health center and, uh, and, and so many in Gemachim and Chafte Leiv and, and see how successful our, and, and, and generous our community is. And again, this is despite the double burden of paying property taxes to support the public schools and paying significant amounts of tuition. Okay, very good. Okay, so uh, in closing, 
what can we all do as parents? <laughs> tell us, what can we do? How can we help? How can we try to stop these regulations from taking effect? In closing, go to voice.agooda.org and register your complaint. Uh, there's several ways you can register it on the website. You can email to submission at agooda.org. There, there's an option for, um, for, for, for texting. It's a very cool system that you that you text this number, start, and then it asks you a series of questions and then registers the, uh, you know, re registers the complaints for you. So make your voice heard. You are a voter, you're a taxpayer, you're a constituent. Make your voice heard. Encourage others, encourage your relatives, encourage your friends, and make sure they all, they all comment. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I assume that calling legislators at this point is not, that's not, the, the, that's not being requested. To call legislators, no, because it's not in. It's, it's not a legislative issue right now. Right. The legis no. If there was a bill in the, in the legislature which would solve this issue, we were advocating for. So yeah, we will mobilize people to contact the legislators. But the, the legislature for now was done with this. Now it's in the regulatory regulatory stage. Right. So okay. So everyone should go to voice.agoda.org and fill out a comment. I I did it, and it took me about three minutes or less. And you could do it yeah. for all the members of your family. So uh, you know, the, the more the more the merrier. And and and, and the, the the way these government officials, the way they uh, they determine things is look at they look at the numbers, they look at the raw numbers, and they're going to see that yeah, they're going to see how many people actually took the yeah. time, two to three minutes of your time to fill out right. four or five submissions. It, it really doesn't take a lot of time. Right. And if you have questions about it, you can also, we have, we have some resources available on that website, um, articles and other uh, resources. Um, you can also email yeshivosbychoice at agoda.org with any questions or comments. Very good. Okay. Thank you very much, Rabbi Pickus. Uh, pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to Chinuch 2.0, a show exploring the changes happening to how we do Chinuch. Chinuch 2.0 is hosted and produced by me, Aaron Parnas. You can subscribe to the show on Apple or Google Podcasts or on our website, chinuchshow.com. For suggestions, comments, or guests' ideas, please visit chinuchshow.com. Thanks for listening.